Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Revify. Join the wireless revolution with one device and multiple ways to earn. The Revify network is a decentralized wireless infrastructure platform owned and powered by the people. By owning a Revify-enabled device, anyone can earn Revos by providing network coverage, ensuring resources to compute, store, and send data across the network. You can mine RVS by installing a simple device in your home or office. Hotspots will provide miles of wireless network coverage for millions of devices around you using Revify Network. Just plug in, turn on, and connect. For more information, go to revify.com. Again, that's R-E-V-O-F-I.com. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special guest all the way out in Denver, Colorado, working on an extremely cool project that I know I'm excited to learn more about. And you should be as well, just because there's so many elements that are geared on top of this amazing platform. We have Justin, CEO and founder of Revelfy. How are you doing today? Brilliant. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, you know, it's great to meet you and, uh, and hopefully we can bring some value to your audience. Oh man, I'm confident you're going to do that. I am really interested in Revify, but before we dive into all of that, I really want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Oh, sure. I'll give you the uh, abbreviated version. <laughs> <laughs> my background is, has been primarily in communications most of my life. So just to give you kind of like a level set. So my mom was in communications. It was all wireless, right? And so even whenever I was a little kid, I've been around it, you know, and, and computers and, and like the old school, right? Old school right. version. So I'd go up and help run like backups back in the day. And these were like the old like tape and reel back, you know, backups and stuff like that. So I claimed my first tower at six. I've been in comms most of my life. I went in the military. So I'm ex-military. Got out, did construction for a while. I've been a bureaucrat. I've done all kinds of things, right? But I'm also an inventor and an entrepreneur. And, you know, I've got some patents and things like that. You know, I think for me, whenever I got out and got out in the world and my career, it really kind of steered me back towards comms. It was always comms. And so I did a lot of uh, industrial automation with communication systems. I did a lot for uh, you know, oil and gas companies. I did a lot of work for like FedEx and you know, different kind of like automation systems like that, more of like an industrial scale. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a very diverse kind of background and not very kind of generic, I guess, as far as like normal, normal founders. I don't know, <laughs> but, but that's kind of me in a nutshell, you know, and I've worked with, you know, all kinds of different uh, companies over, over my time. So, you know, Fortune 250 to 500 uh, telcos, worked on global satellite constellation systems, different terrestrial based systems as well, um, all across America and, and different uh, continents too. So yeah, wow. that's good to me. <laughs> yeah. So first got to go back. Uh, thank you for your service. Next up, man, with all this background in comms, it's very fitting for your business with Revelfy. And before we dive into that, like, how did you even get into the, the crypto landscape, right? So all this comms background, all this makes a ton of sense. Working with 
these, you know, fortune companies and, and just getting really, really good at automation around comms and everything with that. What was that first introduction into the crypto space? The first one was probably around 2012 with Bitcoin, but I didn't really take it that serious. I was like, ah, that looks kind of cool. <laughs> like, I'm going to go over here and keep doing the stuff that's making me money now. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I got you. Had I only known, just because I was in, you know, development work and I was doing a lot of different things in engineering, I was more focused on that at the time. I think what really sparked it is whenever I took, because this has been a lifelong project, right? I mean, yeah. I think what really sparked it was whenever we got invited to to go up to the Aspen Institute. So this was the Nexus convention that was up in, in Aspen, you know, all kinds of different people. And I think that's what really kind of like, it's like, all right, this is the way, right? This is the path. Like we need to get serious about it. And so I think that was what really solidified me in into the blockchain space and in crypto and Bitcoin specifically. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we, you know, take all these years of patent work and, you know, development work. And how do we actually do something with that? That's going to be valuable to the world. And, and that was a lot of the conversations that were, you know, that was happening there at the Nexus convention. And there was so many different people and different projects, you know, this is back 16, 2016, 17. So there was a lot of hype around it. And this was before like the 2018 crash and all that kind of stuff. Right. The winner. You know? <laughs> so, well, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, but that was, that was like the big kickoff, I think for me, man. Yeah. And, you know, just as a quick aside, like I know we've been in the COVID world the last two years, but like I've always been a big advocate in loved conferences just because one, you're getting to be introduced to a lot of new ideas, a lot of people with a lot of energy and a lot of different like segments, but it also opens your mind to new business opportunities that are out there that you didn't even realize were available. And, uh, you know, I look forward to hopefully when we get back to being able to go back to a lot more conferences and whatnot, but I digress. Now we're looking at, you know, it's 2016, you're starting to look more at, at the you know, crypto space, you're more aware after this Nexus conference, and you have all these patents and comms, and then how does all that merge together to create Revelfy? <laughs> yeah, great question. So in the great spirit of entrepreneurialism, right, um, it's always about product market fit, pivoting. <laughs> so Part of the patent that, that I've been working on for a long time, and it's a national review right now, it's already passed an international review, but part of that patent was, was Revofy. And what really makes it different compared to everything else in the patent is that it's really the only physical aspect, right? Everything else is, is really built in software and protocols and algorithms and AI, but Revofy has always meant to be the physical layer, right? That's the actual wireless portion of it. And that's where like, your SIM cards, right? Or your connectivity and everything else, all the physical stuff was in Revofy. And so then, you know, we stood up uh, an IP company and then we had, you know, some consulting work there, but this, this was a company that we actually stood up specifically to do, uh, you know, what, what it was designed to do in the patent and what really separates it. Cause you know, we, we tried a lot of different approaches to the market, right? And whenever you talk software to people, especially blockchain, I think it's very esoteric, especially for like small to medium businesses and just most business people in general, it's very esoteric. And it's like, well, 
that sounds expensive and clunky and I don't know how I'm going to use it. Right. So, right. So yeah. really quickly, I want to dive in just real, real fast. So Revify just at its base, if you give us like a definition of what it is. So my understanding is that, you know, on the website, it says join the wireless revolution. It's a device that has multiple ways to earn. So can you break that down? Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, this is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay Cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today, and as always, stay Cryptocurrent. Sure. Yeah. So real simply, um, the devices, uh, you know, for connectivity, i.e. Wi-Fi, right? Wi-Fi 6 mesh. So connectivity, storage, and compute. Those are the, the three ways that you're going to be able to fundamentally earn with the device. What does that mean, right? It's very simple from a basic standpoint of like, if you're passing data, i.e. if you're gaming, if you're streaming media, if you're doing, if you're just doing anything on the internet, right? As long as you're connected through that device, you're going to earn right and then you can also lease out those resources back to the network and that's where we'll have like the cloud-based services that are decentralized where businesses or app developers or whoever can deploy those apps throughout the network and then they actually pay the network i.e you the device owner for any any utilization of those resources interesting so this is going more of the route of of wi-fi so would this be able to come into people's homes and replace Wi-Fi? Would it work in conjunction with Wi-Fi? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So this is like the latest and greatest Wi-Fi standard that's out there, right? So if you really want to upgrade your Wi-Fi, I mean, there's already Wi-Fi 6 mesh network appliances out there, but they're not going to earn you money. And they're not going to give you a lot of these other benefits, right? They're kind of like singular purpose. So you could take this and upgrade your, your Wi-Fi 6 mesh in your home or just upgrade your Wi-Fi in general. Right? You're going to get a lot better throughput than you would with, with standard like Wi-Fi routers or, or standard network appliances. Plus, it makes you money, right? And it's a lot right. of fun, and you get to do a lot of other things with it. And it's NVIDIA compute under the hood, right? So there's there's all kinds of things that you can do with it, as well as the uh, cellular and satellite backhaul and the SDR radio. So just to break that down, I'd be able to at this in conjunction with my router. It's going to speed everything up. I'm going to be able to do a lot of things faster, earn money. And tell me a little bit about the privacy. So like, how is it able to also make sure that everything stays secure? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's all a private network, right? So we're, we're fundamentally changing how we look at, at private networks. It's not like, oh, I have to go buy a VPN and I have to do all these different security settings and everything else. So we, I think the main, one of the main goals that we're really trying to accomplish is simplifying security, simplifying authentication, logons, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, those are, kind of some of like the longer term goals, but it's really all a private network day zero. And so right. you don't need a VPN because it's already a private network. And then whenever it comes to privacy and security, you know, we're, we're using all the latest industry standards as far as, uh, you know, making sure that we're using the proper encryption and secure boot and all those different types of things. So it's not like the data you put on the devices are, are wide open. It's also not like if you put that device and the resources back on in the network and allow people to use it, you still have some security control measures there and, and there's still like a DMZ. The technology for networks has advanced substantially over like, you know, the last 20 years. 
And I think whenever we look at what we have in our homes compared to the technology that's available, the gap is just way too wide, right? I mean, and I think that's why this device is, is a paradigm shift because you're, you're getting a lot more out of your network appliance rather than just, you know, simply connecting to it and calling it a day. So let's break that down a, a, a bit more. So I'm sure for a lot of people listening to this, so again, for everyone listening, it, this is a physical device. Some people who are kind of aware in this space know about like crypto mining. So you have your miners, whether it's be for Bitcoin, where it's just ASIC miners. Some people even know about like the helium network and helium miners, et cetera. Can you explain yeah. like kind of the differences between like helium versus uh, what you have going on with Revify? Totally. I'll try to do my best here. <laughs> <laughs> to be very simple and macro level. So helium is really focused on LoRa and LoRaWAN. And, and LoRa fundamentally is an IoT messaging system, right? It's a very lightweight, it's a chirp type protocol, right? And so you, you can only send like really light, like messages over it, right? And that's, that's really what it was designed for. And it was designed for a large area of coverage, right? And so that's why the frequency bands that it uses has a really good kind of propagation. So you get a lot of coverage, right? Lightweight messaging over a long distance uh, makes a lot of sense. Right? And, and you can do that fairly easily. But what you can't do is you can't take LoRa and then try to stream Netflix through that or play gaming through that or anything else. Right? So it's really just a lightweight message. Whereas with us, you know, it's all it's all broadband, right? So it's you know, high throughput gaming, it's streaming media, it's you know, you get like four different channels um, just on our one device alone. So you can have you know up to like you know twenty different people playing through that single device and streaming media and doing all kinds of stuff with it, right? So it's got a lot more throughput, but it's more limited just simply because we're talking Wi-Fi 6, right? Which isn't this massive coverage area. Now, when one of our devices, you get the SDR and that's just a software defined radio net. That you get, you can get all kinds of different variables for coverage there. That's the primary difference between uh, at least Helium and us, right? Is that they're focused on LoRa and LoRaWAN, IoT messaging, lightweight stuff, whereas we're broadband high throughput, a lot of kind of more everyday use. And then the, the second thing I think that's the biggest differentiator is we're mobile versus they're static, right? So whenever you place a helium hotspot somewhere, it uses GPS location, uses proof of coverage, all that stuff is very static, right? So their consensus algorithm doesn't really allow for mobility, not without doing a lot of really fancy stuff to make that happen. Whereas with right. us, we're mobile day zero, right? So you, you can take our devices anywhere, anywhere you have connectivity. That's kind of probably the two biggest differences between us. That is an interesting concept. So with it being able to be mobile, and I guess another question to unpack is, is a lot of this just going through data flow? Is it actually mining? Like, can you kind of tell us about like, what is the consensus model, like the reward system of like how it's working on your device? Sure. Just going back to the, to the three kind of core concepts of what we're trying to do, and that's we really want to reward for utilization. I mean, that's, that's fundamentally what we're trying to, to incentivize here, right? And what we're really talking about is moving traffic from your, your old Wi-Fi system, your old networks, put it on this device, right? It's better anyway. We want to incentivize you for doing that. And then we also want to incentivize for sharing resources back to the network. It's really about that mindset of becoming a business owner, right? This is this is more of like a franchise, if you want to think about it like that, or however you want to kind of use the terminology there. But the essence of it is that, hey, you're a business owner. You can earn through storage and compute 
by kind of like leasing that back out as like cloud services, if you will. So rather than developers paying, say, like Amazon or a Google Cloud uh, service, now they can launch those applications on the far edge, which they get better reactivity, lowers their costs, a slew of things in there. But how it really works uh, under the hood fundamentally, right, is we just say, how much resources do you have? How much of that are you putting back to the network? And how much of that is actually getting used? And then that actually calculates what your rewards are, i.e. how much uh, Revos that you're going to mint in the epoch, right, for that, for that device. You get a really like nice broad spectrum of variables for earning potential, right? So it's not just a singular kind of myopic way to earn where it's like, you know, if you, if you get a Bitcoin miner or some of the other miners out there, they're kind of singular purpose, or you, you know, it's like, you can only do like script mining with it or, or whatever. So the fundamental difference here is we're really trying to provide multiple ways to business owners, i.e. device owners to earn, right? And, and we don't want to just stop there. We want to keep improving the devices over time. We want to add more capabilities to it over time. So I think we're fundamentally starting with the commodities of connectivity, storage, and commute, because those are commodities. And we're just tokenizing those commodities with Revos. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down. It's, a, it's, it's super interesting, man. These devices, they're called R-Spots. And I see you have three different types. So you have the R-Spot Link Pro, the R-Spot Link, and then the R-Spot Micro. Can you kind of break down like some of the differences of each of these? Yeah. So the, the Link is our, our base model, right? And that's like your, your entry-level kind of model, if you will. And that gets you your Wi-Fi 6 mesh. And by the way, these have Wi-Fi 5 in them as well. We've got a, a long-range Wi-Fi 5 chipset in them. So you can actually use that for you know, connecting back to your internet rather than just a hard line. So that's another feature that's available and all, all models have that, right? So you get Wi-Fi 6 mesh with Wi-Fi 5 and a five port ethernet switch, right? In each one of these devices. And so that's the base model. The Link Pro has everything that the Link's got, but then you get satellite and cellular backhaul capabilities. There's two ways that you can do that, right? So you actually get a mini PCIe slot and you also get an M.2 uh, KB slot. Simple terminology, right, is that's kind of like the two I.O. slots that you can take any module pretty much anywhere in the world for cellular or satellite, and you can drop a module in there and then go get a SIM card and a data plan, and now you've got connectivity. So the modules, if you, if you look across the market, the modules themselves, right, for both cellular and satellite kind of fall into those two form factors i.e. mini PCIe or, you know, key B. And so that the key B is more for like true cellular 5G, like all the new 5G modules that are coming out. That's what the key B is for, 4G and kind of some of the other previous versions, just the cellular technology standards. And then most satellite uh, modules are mini PCIe, right? And so whenever you drop those in there, that gives you the ability for cellular satellite backhaul. And then you can kind of move that device any you know anywhere in the world the micro doesn't have cellular satellite capability it's got the standard features just like the other two but it's got a special twist and it has a software defined radio in it so the software defined radio is a it's actually a hack rf1 radio so it's got a a massive spectrum capability that, that you can that you can utilize there what that really means software defined radio it's a standard open source hardware based radio that you know has been around for quite some time. There's a ton of different things you can do with it. 
And all it really means is that I can take software, push it down to my, my device, right, my RSBOT micro, and then I can run that software on that radio however I, however I want to do that. Essentially, I can just change out the programs, right? I can, I can run a weather app or I can run, you know, a backhaul app or I can run like whatever I want, right? And I can even run IoT platforms and, and messaging systems and stuff like that off the SDR too. So there's, there's a ton of different use cases for software-defined radio. And again, this is all back to earning potential, right? But that's, right. The, that's kind of the main differences between the three. So it's a base model and you kind of get a breakup between of like, okay, do you want more of like an industrial SDR or do you want more of like, I want to put this in my RV and, and cruise around the world? Got it. Man, thank you for breaking all those down. I'm sure a lot of people who are interested in this are going to go back and, and, and listen to that breakdown. So thank you. And, and especially for, sure. for talking through a lot of those acronyms, because a lot of this is definitely newer knowledge to me as well. So I really appreciate those, those breakdowns. What you have is really interesting, really cool. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in it. But another element of this is that you actually have your own NFT play as well. Can you kind of break that down? Yeah. So one of the <laughs> one of the things I really wanted to do, and this is more of like the the creative side of me, I guess, trying to, to you know get out. But I wanted to create um, an NFT marketplace, not just for us. I, you know, I think we're going to start with letting me kind of get my my creativity out. Plus, I wanted to do something kind of specifically special for for our devices, right? That you don't really normally see, and that was really taking an NFT and our physical device and making those two things kind of go hand in hand, right? So every time you buy a Founders Edition device, now we won't do these for very long, but for every Founders Edition device, you'll get an NFT that goes with that device. And, you know, and I think the idea, right, is that in in the app that we're gonna be releasing here pretty soon, you'll be able to go to the app, see your NFT, and then also actually go over to your device and use AR, you know, augmented reality, and actually see your device in, you know, in three-dimensional, you know, spectrum, if you will, and and actually see it move and animate and all that kind of stuff. But the whole point, I think, to the NFT marketplace is that we want to open it up eventually to to other creators and we want to have, you know, other type of art. There's all kinds of things that I think are, you know, potentially available there. We've even looked at, you know, tying in NFTs to potentially like our, our DAO, you know, that we want to potentially do for just the network. But, you know, I think, in the, like, the next 60 to 90 days, we're, we've got to improve our, our development platform a little bit more for, for the, our, our NFT marketplace. We've got some work to do there, but I think once it's ready, we want to do a full candy machine and gumdrop, probably produce around 3,000, maybe a little over 3,000 NFTs. And then I think that'll be like where we start and we'll launch the platform. And then we'll really start looking at, you know, who, who can we open this up to and how do we open this up to, to other creators and really create more of a community where you can come in and create your own NFT, right? If you want to, you know, mint that and sell that as part of Cypher Army, then I think, you know, that's what we really want to do with it. At least fundamentally, that's the start, right? And that's how you get access to the network and you get access to devices and all kinds of stuff. And they're all game-ready assets, right? The, at least the ones that we're building. So right. I built all of them in, in Unreal Engine. So I think some of the, the gamify stuff that's coming, we want to take those assets, all of our NFTs, right? We want to go to, you know, some of these marketplaces that are coming out for, for NFT assets for games and, and say, look, you know, you have an NFT, we're going to get this into this marketplace. And so now you can play your NFT in your games, right? So that's the idea. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I mean, man, you're, you're adding a lot of different layers to this. And 
It's going to continue to develop out. I thought it was interesting that you have it built out on both Solana and ETH ecosystem. For Revos itself, what ecosystem is it under? Yeah, so Revos is our is our own. So we're we're kind of building our own uh, under the hood. So it's our own layer one, and okay. we're taking we're taking from from a few different sources there to get it all built out. But you know, we looked at you know just to give you a background. So we look at Factum. We looked at we did even look at Helium to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. We looked at obviously Ethereum. We looked, you know, there's a ton of different blockchains that we looked at. NKN was another one, and then of course patent and the technology that you know that we're bringing to the table with my patent as well. And so that's where we're really starting out. Is we we've kind of taken some of these different technologies to build something very unique with a very specific roadmap. Where you know I think right now we're starting with stuff that's out there. It's tried and true. It's tested. So we don't really have to do a whole lot to it, right? And then I think we can improve from there and then really start road mapping in the technology for the patent that we're that I, you know, that we're creating. And so I think that's a little bit longer term to get some of that tech built out, a little bit more cost, uh, heavier lift for uh, non-reoccurring engineering. But you know, I think fundamentally where we're headed, right now we're using a lot of well-known technologies under the hood. So uh, it'll only be later on, you know, probably within like the next 10 months or so when we'll actually see some of those new protocols that that come from my patent being implemented and integrated. And that's really part of all of this fundamentally at its core is what I'm really trying to do and what we're really trying to accomplish. And that's really to create a better Internet, not just a free and democratized Internet where we all own it. Right. Which is the real goal. But we also want it to be a better Internet. And so fundamentally, we want to change from how it works at a protocol layer, right? Everything's running on TCP IP today. And the goal is we'll actually use future internet architecture and that's called name data networking. And eventually all the traffic that's on our network and all the traffic that's out there um, that it's going back and forth and all the data and all the storage and all the compute that's being used will no longer be running on TCP IP, but it will be running on future internet architecture and that's name data networking. Wow. This has been, you know, very eye-opening for me. I know I'm probably going to go back and even listen to this a few times just because there's a lot to unpack with this. But it, ultimately, this sounds like you're at the beginning of the next revolution of Wi-Fi. And as we know it, it's too prone, right? So you, you, you get this device. Typically, you have to go and pay, you know, a local provider to be able to run your Wi-Fi, have your cellular, all this stuff. And of course, you're spending money constantly. But it sounds like in this scenario, you're not able to get this device one time, pay for it. And now you're earning money to do all of those same things. Am I capturing that right? Because if I am, like, why wouldn't someone want to do this? I guess it's my question. (laughs) Well, a lot of people, you know, I think, I think we're all trained, to be honest, right, from from day zero. It's like, oh, well, this is just a a network appliance. You just put it in your basement. You put it in your closet. Don't think about it. Don't, you know, don't, don't touch it, whatever. And I really want to change that it's kind of been taken away from us to, to some extent. And the internet was really meant for, you know, individual people. It was always meant to be decentralized. It was always meant to be peer to peer. So I think if, if you look at what you're able to do with these devices and the fact that the way that I've, I've really engineered and designed these to, to be a long life cycle device, right? So I want these devices to, to be around for, you know, at least a decade. And most of the projects and things that I've done over the years, like you can still go out and see towers and things that I've built, you know, 20 years ago, and they're still up and operational today. And I think that still holds true here, right? Like Mm -hmm. 
why would you want to go and buy a device every year, every two years, whenever you can take this same device and it's going to get better. We're going to improve it from a software standpoint. It's modular from a hardware standpoint. So we can upgrade modules. You can make it better over time uh, with simple upgrades. And I think that's really the goal, right? So as it's, it's going to get better, you can upgrade it, and we're going to add more earning potential, you know, over time as well. And, you know, the more we can tie in and have more, I guess, tie into other blockchains and other networks, it's really going to open up a lot more, I think, earning potential as well that we haven't even seen or thought of yet. And once this is out there in the hands of so many people, there's all kinds of things that we haven't even thought of yet that people are going to be able to do with it. For sure. I mean, it sounds like an exciting thing to definitely be learning about and to be able to be a part of. And, and to that extent, I believe you have a token sale going on right now. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yes, we have. Uh, so Revos is live. We're selling that right now. You can go to revos.holdings. That's the website. So just R-E-V-O-S.holdings. And right now, you know, Revos is five cents. You can pick up, you know, as many as you want. We're selling 40 million Revos and that's We've been mining Revos on our test net for quite a few months now. We've already launched mainnet, uh, at least internally, so it's test mainnet. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're getting really close to that. But And then the app is about to, to be released here in like the next week or so. So you'll have the Revos wallet available. So you can go out to Revos Holdings. You can buy as many Revos as you want right now. And, uh, you know, we're not planning on changing the price or anything like that. So nothing too crazy there. So you can go out, buy it, and then once you get the, the app and you download that, you can create your wallet and put that in, and we'll do the distribution after the after the token sale. It's been going fairly well. Uh, we had a, our first little launch was was a little bit of a snafu. There was a lot of people that, you know, they were they were buying it up, but they weren't actually paying. So but now it's it's pretty it's pretty steady and we've got a lot of people that, you know, from around the world that are buying up Revos. So get out there and get them now, man. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> For sure. Heard it again. This is it. For sure. Well, 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 thank you for for putting that out there. And, you know, Justin, again, you've definitely enlightened me a lot as it relates to comms and how you are taking all of your wealth of knowledge and patents and bringing it to the world of crypto blockchain and in the future. I always like to wrap up the show with two fun questions. And the first one that I always like to ask is with all the information you have right now, if you could go in part one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started, on Revify, what would you tell yourself? Oh, man. <laughs> Get supply chain in order a heck of a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> Physical products are hard. Uh, prototypes are easy. Manufacturing is... Yeah, that's definitely understandable. I know back when Helium was having its enormous surge, the demand was so high, but the supply was just incredibly low. So I, I can then imagine like as this begins to take off how that same challenge could be faced here. So, oh, yeah. 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 We've spent, we've spent months on our supply chain, you know, going back, working with suppliers, all, you know, just trying to get it solidified. And, you know, so we're bringing in a lot more people to, to help us really make sure that that part of our business, right. And really it's for the whole, you know, global community of people that, that want to deploy this. And so it's really them we're working for. So we're going back and saying, look, we need, X amount, you know, over X amount of time. And, and so it's it's quite interesting, especially this last like several months with historic challenges in supply chain, <laughs> to say the least. But we're doing pretty good in that spot. You know, I think we're in a good position. We've got great partners. So we're pretty blessed there. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, man. And 
What um as we as we wrap up, man, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? My final thought to everybody is if there was one thing I would want you to do, it, it's really to think about this paradigm shift that we're in right now and how much dedication you really want to put into an old system or build on old systems versus do you want to put your energy and effort into building new systems and where we're headed, right? Like, and, and the reason I say that is because at some point I made this decision of I'm no longer going to build legacy stuff, right? I'm not going to improve legacy stuff. It's not going to do it. And I think that was really the divide for me. And so if you're really wanting to get into this space, really start thinking about dedicating yourself to, to that cause, right? Stop building legacy stuff. Stop building legacy infrastructure and tools and tooling. Let's start building the future because it's right here. It's right now. I think that's where prosperity and, and self-custody and self-financial freedom and independence comes from. Justin, I think that is a great final thought. People might want to run that back. It's important that we keep innovating. It's important that we keep empowering the next generation to be able to have a lot of what used to be into the corporate structures and come play in my world and allowing people to decentralize and allow people to have choices. And I think this is a really cool product that allows for that. And again, I appreciate you spending some time to educate us all on this. So what are ways that people can connect with you, Justin, and learn more about Revofi? Oh man, there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of me. <laughs> you know, just going out to Revify.com is probably the, the best place to start. You know, like I said, Revos Holdings is a good place. We're pretty active on, on Twitter. We're trying to get better on, on some of our other social media platforms. But Discord, I would definitely, if you guys really want to dive in and get some information and see what the community is really up to, you know, we're growing really fast. We went from, I think, a thousand users the beginning of December to I think we're we're over 5,000 users now or 7,000. I can't remember now uh, nice. in, less, in like the last 30 or so days. So Discord is where it's definitely happening uh, if you guys want to get out there and, and, and get involved. Perfect. Well, Justin, thank you again for sharing all information. And for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Josh Christ. Whether you're well-established as someone who can translate creative energy into the impact you want to have on the crypto world, or just getting started as a catalyst for change within the industry, this is a must-listen for you. Richard does an incredible job leading conversations that cover a huge breadth of topics related to the ins and outs of navigating an ever-changing crypto landscape the leaders who've actually walked the path. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.